Mandy, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's good, people? What it do? We're back yet again. I know. You thought it would be months before you heard from us again. Mike, <laughs> we meant what we said last week. We're back. In a couple days. Not even a full week. We meant that shit. We're back. That's right. Every week. I mean, probably not like every week, but like for all intents and purposes, <laughs> every week. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, let's relax. But now, back. until the end of time. Until one of us dies. <laughs> well, Monday. Today. <laughs> what is going on with all of these 70 point games? We're going to talk about, first off, we're going to try out a little bit of a different format today, make a little bit of a shorter episode. Because um, our, our, our episodes tend to drag on a little bit. I mean, it's premium content from start to finish, but we're going to try doing Obviously. a little bit of a shorter offense shorter episode today a little less is more approach so we're talking about the scoring outburst in the nba is defense dead talk about all that today and of course this came about because luca dropping 73 the other night absolutely yeah. disgusting. Yeah. talk about all that today and we'll still have a trivia question at the end don't even worry about it but first we got some awards to give out hooper of the week Good Hustle Award, Dion. Take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right. So last week I gave my Hooper of the Week to the Phoenix Suns for being scorching hot. As soon as I said something, they went, uh, they fucked around and lost the next two games. Uh, <laughs> but this week I'm going to give it to a team that shows no sign of stopping. Especially after a questionable trade earlier in the season, uh, still a West Coast team, and that is the LA Clippers. This team is on one right now, and I don't. They started off zero six back when James Harden got on the team, uh, and now they can seem to lose a game. They're on a five game win streak right now. They're third in the West. They used to be fighting for a playing spot before James Harden, but now they're going crazy. And I'm just like, I've never seen Kawhi play like this. With or, Honestly, we've never seen Kawhi play this much, period. So it's good that they're all healthy. I hope that they all stay healthy and that they finish out the season, the second half of the season, just as well as they this uh first half after Harden got to the team. So LA Clippers are my Hoopers of the Week. So at some point, we're going to do an episode where we take a victory lap on our best takes and then take our medicine with our worst takes. And I think I'm taking my medicine. Gonna, yeah, I think <laughs> all of us are going to have to take our medicine on the Clippers. 100%. Uh, they look damn good. I mean... Top Very to rocky start. Very rocky start to the James Harden era in 
in L.A., but they, they look damn good right now. They absolutely blew the doors off the Celtics the other night in Boston. So they're they're for real. Don't don't get it twisted for sure. I could say. Um, love that pick, DJ. Hit me with your Hooper of the week. Um, I also had the Clippers because they were balling. <laughs> My bad, V. <laughs> sounds a lot. This sounds very familiar. Where have I heard? Oh <laughs> uh, no, I'm. I was to Luca, but I was like, I can't. I can't because we're gonna talk about it. They're in the West. Oh, wait a second. Give <laughs> uh, <laughs> it uh, for my good Hooper of the week. I'll stay out West. Um, I'll go to a young man we've had a lot of conversations about. One Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker has quietly been putting together a, a almost MVP caliber season, putting up twenty eight, four and seven on fifty percent shooting. From the shooting guard spot is actually wild. Like his last couple games, he's got 44, 46, 62, 52. So if he's not dropping 30, it's he's dropping 50. Um, but I think what's allowing the Suns to kind of flourish is KD was is just saying, D book, go to work, and they're putting the ball in his hands and he's delivering. So I mean, you can make a case that right after Luca and Shea. D-Book has been the best guard in the West this year. Um, so, shout out to D-Book for absolutely being a burner right now. Agreed. That's absolute facts. I was looking at the the last week he had in. It was absolutely insane. Like, he did put up 62 and then went right back at it and put up, what, 44, 50, something. But he was his own, like, you can't guard him. You can't guard that, man. As simple as that. Did you guys know that Luca and D-Book are the first father and son duo to each go for 70? <laughs> stat of the LeBron stat today. <laughs> no, like the, the Luca and D-Book rivalry, I'm here for it. Because you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me Luca didn't decide to go for 70 halfway through the game. Oh. When oh, you bro! That D book was putting it on. Okay, within the hour, he was yeah. like, "Nah, bro, I'm good. coincidence." Dude. I think not. <laughs> he was um, in the room at halftime. He was like, "Wait, this dude dropped 60? Nah. Watch this. Hold my Luca, beer. Literally, Luca, <laughs> Luca really said, "Bet." Yes. Drop yes. sixty-three. Bet. Hold and drop seventy-three. He couldn't let him have his shine for five minutes before he <laughs> had to one up him. That is hilarious, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, <laughs> so I, funny, I, dude. In, in in all reality, I'm, I'm a D book guy, and he is on an absolute heater right now. Um, That's I didn't know what the Suns were going to be, but I did not expect KD to just take a back seat to D book. That's what's been happening Never. the last few weeks or so. He's just letting him letting him go. And D book is absolutely cooking right now. KD taking a backseat is twenty eight point five. So yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> backseat ain't that far. In twenty twenty four, he's in the passing like in the passenger seat. You can say only twenty eight. Like that that is a backseat in twenty twenty four. You're not scoring thirty plus, you're a bum. <laughs> I love that pick. Love that pick. 
Um, I have a Hooper of the week, and he damn for damn sure wasn't getting enough love in the draft, and he still isn't getting enough love. My Hooper of the week is Jame Jaquez Jr. Absolute dog. Oh, absolutely. Uh, best hair in the NBA, top 10 for sure. Um, but dude was getting absolutely no love coming out of the draft. Okay. Kind of an older player. Um, played all four years at UCLA. Um, saw nothing but success in college. And despite the somewhat unheralded beginning to his NBA career, Dude is averaging 14 points a game on 51% shooting and is a really key piece on the Heat right now who are probably going to be a playoff team. Um, And so it, it's time to give Jame Jaquez his shine. Um, And he's only getting better. The last 10 games, he's averaging over 15 points per game on 56% shooting, including 44% from three last 10 mm. games. Mm -hmm. Boy is absolutely cooking. So, what a guy. Jaime Jaquez, Hooper of the Week. Absolutely. I love it. I love it because I, like a couple weeks ago, actually probably like last month, I was just like, this dude is, this dude is for real. Like, mm -hmm. and he just kept going. Relentless. He got, he got a little setback after he got hurt a couple weeks ago, but now he's back. And he, I mean, I can't wait to watch him, I watch his career. Because the boy's a hooper. Yeah, he's perfect. He like does yeah. everything. And he's exactly. been at UCLA for four years. He's played in a lot of big games. Like went yep. to eights, I think, final four with them. So like it's nothing new to him. He's just he's a perfect like plug and play guy. Yep. Yeah, I think and he fits Hawkins. so perfectly in that system. Yeah, I think Hawkins is a bit of an indictment of what we value in NBA prospects. Like, don't get me wrong, like, he does not have the ceiling of, like, Anthony Edwards, like, coming out of college, like, the athleticism, um, you know, the body, you know, all the things that we fall in love with with the big NBA prospects. But, and Jame Hawkins doesn't have any of that. He does not have explosive athleticism, I, although I, we're going to see him in the dunk contest, so I guess we're going to find out. Hmm. Um, oh, wait, they, they already announced the dunk contest? They announced that he is going to be in it, I believe. That's crazy. I don't think we have the rest of the field yet. I don't know if it's rumors or if it's confirmed, but I have heard he's going to be in the dunk contest. That's kind of saucy. I, right? Maybe maybe he is explosive. I don't know. <laughs> he's not absolutely, he's not an absolute blur when he plays. Um, but, I mean, there's so many things about his game that we undervalue. Toughness, leadership work ethic, um, playing the right way, playing winning basketball. He does all these things. It's not flashy, but it's extremely effective in college, and it's extremely effective at the NBA level. So maybe we need to reevaluate and look at some of these prospects that may not wow you on the stat sheet or wow you uh, at the combine, but are basketball players. Jaime Jaquez is an absolute basketball player. You look at anybody buckets, plays the right way, Plays extremely hard, good teammate. So I, I think we need to value some of those guys coming out of the draft a little bit more. So Jame Jaquez, Hooper of the Week. I Shockingly, I think he's been the third-best rookie this season. Um, 
over the Thompson twins, over Scoot, over Brandon Miller. 100%. 100%. I think he's got to be third in rookie of the year voting. Love to see it. All right. Enough of that disgusting positivity. Doesn't (laughs) suit us. (laughs) Well, it doesn't suit me. VJ is usually pretty positive. I'll give it to (laughs) VJ. It doesn't suit me and Dion. <laughs> Just wait till my till my. <laughs> I got I I I have one good hustle award, and it goes to two teams. Never before have I ever been so let down in my entire life that I was yesterday by the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions. Oh, too soon. Too what, soon. In sports, Bro. let me let me back up. In sports. <laughs> The negatives that people talk about in sports is the derision, right? The conflict, the negativity. Mm-hmm. And so anytime the sports world, minus a few, all come together and embrace not one, but two teams, it's a miracle and should be celebrated. All of America was rooting for the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions. Facts. I wanted them to win more than I ever wanted any Patriots team to win. <laughs> and they let us down. Lamar, what happened, dog? Yeah. I have defended you. I have been your most staunch supporter, and you let me down yesterday. I mean, your teammates didn't help. It wasn't all on him. I mean, the team just collectively, what, what was that? Especially a certain individual for UTC. Yes, Zay Flowers, <laughs> you're you're on the list, buddy. Um, and the Detroit Rookie. Lions, is there a better story in sports this season than the Detroit Lions? I wanted nothing more than to see them in the Super Bowl. Same. And they were up huge on the 49ers and let it slip away. So, I mean, the fact that I have to now endure the Chiefs in the Super Bowl once again – I don't. I mean, I don't have beef with the 49ers, but I really wanted the Lions. Everybody did. So, Ravens. Lions. Anybody but the Chiefs, bro. Like it's it's. Right. I just can't. Good, good good hustle out there. You had all of America behind you, and you let them all down. Humble the bag. You're not just letting down Lions fans anymore, Lions. You let everybody. A whole down. bunch of rookies. Let everybody teams, down. Both teams literally blew it. Like. It wasn't like they got blown out or the Niners or Chiefs were that much better. Both teams literally gift-wrapped the game. Like, Zay Flowers, if you don't have – I mean, the touchback thing is stupid, obviously. But you just hold on to the ball and you don't get a taunting penalty. Or if the Ravens don't just lose their minds and have, like, 17 personal fouls. We definitely (laughs) – Or if Dan Campbell doesn't have too much espresso in his coffee and go for it on every fourth down. It's like – he played blackjack and only says hit me. I feel like that's his game plan is hit me every time. 20, hit me. Hit me. <laughs> 21, <laughs> hit me. Oh. <laughs> I was in disbelief. I know. We got Taylor Swift, Jackson Mahomes, and Brittany Mahomes for at least. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Man. I, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. So uh, Ravens Lions, good good hustle out there. Some spectators 100%. only watching the Super Bowl for the commercials this year. 
as some might say. The commercials but, haven't yep. been really good lately, past few years. Only watch it for Usher, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Usher, <laughs> yeah. Usher's a disappointment. I, I won't be able to take it. <laughs> BJ, who who's hustling? Oh. It is with great pleasure that I give this good hustle award out because this guy, I was trying to come around and be an objective person on him, but he's just straight up unlikable again after what he pulled. Joel and B, come on down. Um, yes, <laughs> Joel Bring back the Embiid slander. Yeah, we tried new year, new us, be objective. I mean. <laughs> I say we loosely. TC was never going to change, but we did. Hey, try. I gave him a <laughs> last week. <laughs> that was too <laughs> to even give him an MVP award. But nonetheless, Joel and B. Saturday night we got a primetime game in Denver. We got the big. Bro. Obviously, maybe the one and two in the MVP race. Fifteen minutes before the game, Joel and B. Ruled out. We're all like, "What?" Quote unquote. Oh the medical staff didn't like what they saw when he was warming up. And not only was fan well, fans were upset, but Mike Malone, the Denver Nuggets, he was the head coach. Said, "I think the league needs to look into that." He said to be on to not be on the injury report in fifteen minutes ruled out. Like I think the league needs to do due diligence. And people might think, "Oh, why is this a big deal?" This is the fourth consecutive year Embiid has sat out when they played in Denver. And what's weird is. He'll they play the Nuggets in Philly like two weeks before, and B goes off. He'll give Jokic thirty eight, give him forty. Jokic he shows up and plays, takes it. But when it's time to flip the uh, playing field, and B for whatever it is will not show up and play in Philly. Hasn't done since twenty nineteen, and so you can't be the MVP and you running away. You can't be ducking smoke, dog. You can't be the MVP running away from the matchup. As the great philosopher Dame Dollar once said, you can't run from the grind, bro. You got to face that matchup. And if I'm in, if I'm if I'm Joker, I'm saying, oh, buddy can only play in on his home turf. He don't want this smoke in Denver. He can only play when it's convenient for him. So, Embiid, man, wow, what an Embiid thing to do: sit out and duck the smoke. And he can only miss five more games, and he'll be ineligible for MV for postseason awards. So. Keep ducking the smoke, bro. You're only hurting yourself. That's crazy. That's crazy if he actually misses out because he misses five games. Woo! I, that's that's going to be like an interesting thing to like monitor throughout the season if he misses five games. Would it be a more Joel Embiid thing than to load manage your way out of the MVP? Oh. <laughs> that's on, yeah, so on brand. So on brand. Please let him load manage his way out of the MVP. I'm begging you. I'll just be hilarious. Exit again. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Dion, take us home. So I couldn't wait another six months, five months to give out this award. Uh, that's too long. You know, the NBA draft comes on in like five months, I believe. And I couldn't wait to. I couldn't wait that long. I am usually a pessimist when it comes to NBA drafts. But this year's draft <laughs> is going to be so bad that I have to give this good hustle award five months in advance. <laughs> Ask me one name on this list. I do not know a mother, mother flipping name. I don't know a single prospect this year. Not a single prospect. 
and I went through the mock draft, and it's look it looks like just a bunch of like facsimile, a bunch of copies of players like great value copies of players that are already in the NBA. The, you have Alex Saar, a Frenchman that is seven foot one, reminds you of somebody <laughs> when last year. But the difference is this dude is not even better than Mark Williams. Second, there's literally a guy that is called Nikola Kopic. How yeah, many Nikola something do we need? We already have Jokic, we have Jovic, and now there's Topic. Like, where? What is going on? Then you have Kevin McAllister. Like, what? what, 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 what who are these people? What? What is this draft? This is going to be the worst draft class of all time. There is not a single superstar in this draft or star, a regular star. And I don't even know if there's bench players in this draft. What is going on? <laughs> if LeBron, if Bronny James doesn't get drafted this year, he has no shot because <laughs> players are ass. <laughs> and I just couldn't hold it in any longer. I, 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 I was looking at, I've been monitoring the, the mock draft throughout the year. And literally, there's a new number one pick every other week. I don't know what's going on. There's no consensus, and they're all trash. So, NBA, I don't know if this is just a bad crop or something, but buckle up because it's going to be a tough draft. Um, I'm with that. Um, this class is ass. As the optimist... I'll give them a little bit of credit. Maybe someone will pop as I do a deep dive in five months. But they're, let's say the nice way to put it is there's no star power in this draft. Um, Dude, there's not listen one to me. name. The comparisons. Wait, let me cut it because like the comparisons. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a couple comparisons. The number one draft pick is compared to Mark Williams. The second the second draft pick is compared to a fundamentally sound LaMelo Ball. The third, Michael Porter Jr. The fourth, Buddy Heald. The fifth, Jalen Williams. Franz Wagner. RJ, what are we doing? What are we doing? I did not name one superstar. That's tough. Correct, sir. Kids would say, that's what we call mid. That's (laughs) little mid facts. Yeah. They're very mid. Um, yeah. Not not a lot of star power. There's not one name on that list that gets you excited. We got do we think the Pistons are gonna probably get the number one probably. pick? Probably. Pistons and then Spurs. So this Statistically draft, likely. This draft does them no service. <laughs> no, <laughs> correct. One time they need draft a, a super Williams. Oh great. They're gonna get discount like great value. Uh, Wemby. Wow, that's that's yeah. tough. That's tough. Well, that's our draft special, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks stop. for coming. We won't have one this year. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> hate, hate to see it. Um, from no transitioning from zero star power to all kinds of star power. Let's let's talk about this scoring outburst that's been going on in the NBA. We have two 70 pieces in one week. Joel Embiid, 70. Luca, 73. Um, 
Yeah, within four days of each other. We have four 70-point games in the past two seasons. And just to put that in perspective, <clears throat> I count 16 70-point games in NBA history. Before 1965, there were one. I think there's 10 before 1965. Then from 19, specifically 1963 to 2016, there are a total of three. Okay. Oh. And that like, oh. what, 50 year window? 50 years. Something's almost 60 year window. There were three total. And then the last, from since 2017, there's been five 70 point games. So, I mean, let's let's just open the discussion. Why why do you think that is, BJ? When you when you hear that, why why do you think there's so many huge scoring outputs in the past few years? Uh, primarily, there's two reasons. Um, I'll start with the first. Obviously, the skill level in the league is at an all time high. Um, guy, like back in the sixties and fifties, you did not have seven footers coming off pin downs, flare screens. Um, I think that right now we've never seen players be able to do so much offensively to really, I think it goes back to the point of positionless basketball. I mean, you have guys who one through five, you got guys who can shoot threes. Um, but if you look at the 70 point games we're seeing, um, some of it is a combination of threes, and some of it is all just mid-range, like this skill to get to the free throw line. Um, so I just think we've never really seen this kind of skill level. And the offensive schemes in the NBA are so much different now. Like the pace is way quicker, the possessions. Um, it's an offensive league, I think, for one thing. And then the floor spacing is crazy because, again, everybody's shooting a three. Um, that's the first reason, just the skill level alone. The second reason is defense has been kind of pushed out the league the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, you can't really touch anybody. The physicality, hand checking is gone. So it, it's it's harder to defend guys now unless you double team and run and box and one as simple as like day. But I think now the defensive part of the game makes it so easy to be an offensive player in this league. So when you have the combination of elite skill and lack of ability to defend, it's going to produce some of these crazy explosive performances. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think there's some truth to the no defense argument, but I'm not buying into it as much as some other people. Like, for example... Paul Pierce tweeting, oh, I wish I could play in today's defense. Um, we don't need to address the merits of that argument. But, you know, the perception is out there that there's no defense being played. And there's some, there's a little bit of truth in that, in that the rules have changed. But statistically, in terms of skill, um, I don't think that's fully accurate. I think there are some really good defensive players out there. I do think there's some good defense. The The other argument that I think has largely been debunked is that there's way more free throws shot today than in the past. Um, I think over the past few seasons, I think free throws have actually gone down, which has been um, surprising to me, at least, because when I watch, it seems like that's all I see. But it, it reached an apex, and I think it's actually coming back down in terms of free throws. But... 
so I, I point to the first thing BJ said. The skill level in today's NBA is just on a totally different level. Of, I think there's a lack of defense in that some of these players you cannot defend. There is not a good way to defend Luka Doncic. There is not a way to defend Joel Embiid. The way they play is so dominant that you cannot defend them. They are that skilled. Their offensive game is so developed that there is no way to stop them. Like, every coach in the NBA has tried. Joel Embiid is still averaging 36 points per game. It, that I, I just think that the game has evolved so much that you now have these players that... First of all, there's the physical dominance of someone like Joel Embiid. He is so tall and so skilled and so strong, even though he doesn't always use that strength. Um, but he's just so physically dominant that the only, really the only thing that can slow down Luka and Joel Embiid is their own fitness. Literally, they will just score on you until they get tired. And so as their fitness has improved, so have their numbers of like, that. that's the only thing that can stop them is fatigue. So I, I, I think that's the reason for the scoring output. Uh, Dion, what, what do you think? What's causing all these all these games? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, the thing that I was going to bring up is what Vijay said about more possessions in, in games. I think the game has gotten so fast that obviously, like, scoring will absolutely rise, like, year after year. We I can remember a time where teams scored multiple like 150 points in a game per season like the the indiana pacers scored 150 each game they played against the atlanta hawks and that's the indiana pacers they don't even have like a pure scorer that's crazy to me but like the fact that the game is faster it it comes from a fact from from the main factor in this is that there's no more plays being run like on, on the court. There's no half-court offense anymore, in my opinion. Or if there is, it's just a motion. There, you don't see a player just set up a play and there's like multiple moves being made by multiple players. It's usually just either one-on-one or a fast break most of the time, which contributes to the high-scoring game because you just go back and forth the fitness obviously is improved immensely in the in the these past few years so i think it's mostly just the amount of possessions has increased uh as the year go by really yeah that's fair as well uh vj any other thoughts uh not really i mean if you look at the way these guys all scored and you, you know if we look at cat with 62 I mean, you have a six eleven, seven foot guy going ten for fifteen from three. Like, right. I don't think there is no way to game plan and guard that. <laughs> like, because right. you eleven guys are near free throw line, extended maybe high elbow. You know, they're not going to the three. And I'm talking about having design plays to that. So, I don't know. You, re- it's hard to it's hard to defend in this league. Not only because of like the defense itself, but just like these guys are too good. Like, I don't know. We we've never seen this before, I feel like. And we're only we're spoiled because I think it's only gonna keep getting better. That's facts. That's facts. Like if you go through the box 
scores of the, those people that score over like 50 and 60 points this season. All of them have like, except for Joel Embiid. I don't know how the fuck he did that, but everybody has like six plus threes in their box mm-hmm. score. Like like between six and twelve and eleven, whatever. So the fact that Joel Embiid got seventy with no threes or with one three is absolutely mind blowing to me. Seventy one for two from three. That's insane. That's crazy to me. Absolutely, absolutely wild. Um. So so here's a here's a more interesting question. Is all of this scoring, like we talked about, extra possessions? Huge scoring outputs, um, faster pace. Is this good for the NBA, or should the NBA look at implementing rules that lets players uh, play more aggressive defense? Like the first, you know, the first talking point is always the hand check. Do they need to bring the hand check back? Um, is this good for basketball? What do you, What do you think, D? I think I think it is because it brings an aspect of like showmanship and entertainment that was getting lost in basketball, I think, in the past few years. Like, I don't know if it was just me, but I kind of lost interest in, in, like, after COVID and watching. Like, I would watch a game a week, maybe. Now I have league pass because these motherfuckers are just scoring out the ass. You have a 50-point game every night. It's just entertaining. I mean, you have Dante DiVincenzo scoring 30 points tonight. What the hell is that? Yeah, anybody can go for 30 at this point. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. had 41 points two weeks ago. Is this it's crazy? And I and I, I I hope it continues. Yeah, I'm with you. Of like there's so many people out there like, oh, it's bad for basketball. Bring back the hand check. You really want to see that? You really want to see 98 to 96 slug fests with you know 45 three free throws? I don't. Like if you think about it, like these offensive players are so good that the only way to slow them down is to foul them and make fouling legal. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to see that. Exactly. It It is a different game exactly. than a lot of, like, you know, it's usually old heads who are bringing this up. It is a different game today than they grew up with. But I don't think that's a bad yeah. thing. You want to see the skill showcased. You want to see guys have the independence to be able to showcase their games and they are bj huge scoring outputs good for basketball bad for basketball what do you think um i don't think it's bad for basketball but i do think the basketball is a little bit uneven there's not a lot of balance on both sides of the ball because it would be great if we could see as much defensive strategy and defensive output um as we see offensive output because right now the lowest Points per game given up is 107, which is not – that's pretty high. And Minnesota's yep. given up. So that's the best, quote-unquote, defense. And it's really probably just guys missing shots they normally make. Um, but, no, I don't want us to go back to, you know, let's have 85, 88 games or, like, guys are fouling out constantly. But we do probably need to figure out a way to make it more even so the defense can be just as good as the offense. Because, honestly, I don't want to see, like, how the all-star game was last year. I don't want the league to turn into that where guys are just chugging That's up. Facts. So I hope we can find some kind of synergy. I agree. That was tough to watch. Yeah. That's a fair I mean, point. some of these games this year were like that. Like, 
the 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 one that I mentioned, the Pacers Hawks game, it finished one fifty seven to one fifty two. A regular, yeah. no overtime, no overtime. There's a regular forty eight minute game. Yeah, just wait till the playoffs when the pace slows down and you game plan for guys because you've been playing so fast in the regular season and you're putting up. 130 and 140. Now, when you have to grind out and the refs aren't calling some of the stuff they usually do, like now guys kind of look a little bit funny in the face because, like, that's 10 to 15 points at the free throw line they're missing. Now they got to get it out the mud in the physical game. Mm-hmm. Um, The thing I would push back on on people, and neither of you said this, so I'm not talking to you. The people who say that there's no defense in the NBA and, like, say it's like the all star game and stuff, like, that's where I kind of dis. That's just what I said, though. So you must you are you are talking to me because I just said the All Star game. No, like we don't want to have the All Star game, but <laughs> I, I I see the effort on defense. Like guys are playing hard. Not I mean, really. Though. Okay, let, let let me rephrase that. In a lot in competitive games, like there's a lot of like towards the end of games, like there's a lot of blowouts. That's the part I don't like. Um, there's a lot of. Um, and you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, like uh, superstars teaming up and things like that. That I don't like the blowouts, so I, I'm not a big fan of that. And so, those games you definitely don't see very much defense, but you know, in competitive games between teams that are evenly matched, like I, I think guys are trying on defense. I just go back to my original point of like, I just think that players are so skilled that there's no good way to defend them, like that you can try all you want. And the, the game is called a lot softer. Like We could just be honest about that. Like, a lot of guys, like, it's a, it's an old head argument, and I'm not an old head myself, but you can clearly see a lot of the stuff that's happening today, This it wouldn't be called that way. Like, in the 90s, like, you're not getting away with that. So, like, in today's league, while the effort is there, you don't really have to try very hard to get fouls because if you touch a guy now – that could be considered a foul for there's flagrant fouls for contesting shots for crying out loud. There's technical fouls for like, there's all kinds of things that allow for the offensive output. So I guess I'm not trying to say that there is no defense. I'm saying that the ability to play defense is not the same in today's game, which helps the offensive players. It's kind of the same for the NFL. We want to see 34, 31, we want to see like 42, 35 finishes. We don't want to see 10, 17 or 10 to seven games, but now it does hinder the defensive side of the ball. When you know that what drives our ratings have to be our stars putting up numbers. Yeah. And that's a fair point. And now there's now the rules emphasis, that's a different argument than guys playing defense. Um, I I'm with you on like, I, I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of officiating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this has Shit. been probably the worst officiated season I've ever seen, personally. Ever. Top, the top, last two bottom, seasons. Start to finish. We've been talking um, about that for like three years. The ref right, right. <laughs> is not capped. Right. Like the, it, <laughs> it, 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 we've been talking about it for like three or four years, and it gets worse every year. And that's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. Like, you get – the, the, the like, some of these rules just – Blow my mind. Yeah. The mean mug is a tech. You hang on the rim on the rim for point yeah, one that, that second. Has, that extra. Has to be After tech. the issue, the hang on the rim technical, that has to be gone. And the CP, whoever has to argue it, that has to be gone. Absolutely. Like what argument can you make in favor of like 
Yeah. Having people yeah. get off the rim. Like yeah. you should hang on the rim and break your arm if you can't brace yourself. Like yes, Jason Tatum, Russell Westbrook, LeBron. If you got full momentum and you're swinging parallel with the ground, just fall. Don't hang on the rim. Like <laughs> right. Like the fuck. <laughs> ask, so Andrew Bogut. ask Andrew Bogut how he feels about that. Literally snapped his arm in half because he fell from the rim. Ask just ask him. Just ask him how he feels about it. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we, we we don't want to get started on our feelings about yeah. the officiating. Um, I mean, that's yeah, a whole and, other episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the league chooses to allow and emphasize is, you know, one thing. Guys' efforts and actually their ability to play defense is another thing. I, I just think in general, I like big scoring outputs. I like back and forths. I like watching star players duel and knowing that you could see something special on any given night. Um, I, I, I think that's, I, I think we could see some consequences down the line of players play more selfishly, young players, like trying to put up huge numbers that could be an unattended consequences. So I'm not saying it's necessarily good for the game, but I don't think it's bad for the game either. Um, that's just how the game has evolved. And I don't think we need to, um, interfere with that necessarily well then we're gonna take it for granted though because now well you met you joked about it but now averaging 30 points it's like who cares because now right. Joel Embiid is averaging 36 and I'm like in today's that's crazy so it's like we're gonna start taking these offensive outputs for granted like Steph had 46 and we're like eh. yeah yeah 46 against the Lakers they're like right eh, that's okay right <laughs> that's okay I guess <laughs> he's <that's> not 50 <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, people talking about MJ averaging 35 a game, and people thought that would never happen again. People thought that would be the last time we would ever see anyone average those kinds of numbers, only for you know several players the last few seasons to average pretty close to that. 50. And yeah. Yeah. The way that he was today, he had 50. <laughs> yeah, so that's just, I, I just think that's how the game has evolved, and I'm yeah. personally okay with it. Agreed. All right, before we wrap up real quick, let's get to our trivia question for the week. And since we're talking about all these 70-point games, <clears throat> gentlemen, you should know, you should definitely get a few of these. These are gimmies. Ten players in NBA history have scored 70 or more points. Uh, How many of them can you name? <clears throat> uh, last four. Spider, yeah. Dame, Book, not Book. Uh, oh yeah, Book. Yeah, he did. Uh, Embiid. Yeah. Uh, Embiid and Luca. Kobe. Kobe's in there. Kobe. Right? Okay, that's six. Wilt. Seven. Oh, David Robinson too. Yes. David Robinson is it? Yes. Yes. There's two more. Two more. <sighs> I'll even give you the teams. MJ. MJ has one, doesn't he? No. Nah, I think he has, he's at 64. Oh. Um, one of them is for the Nuggets. The Nuggets? Yes. This player scored 73 points. But what the hell? In 1978. Oh, not English. And the other player was for the Lakers. So, 
Oh, Jerry, just Jerry West. It was not Jerry West. The Lakers. Okay. I don't think Kareem oh, ever had seventy as a Laker. Lakers. It's not Wilco and Kobe. The Nuggets and the Lakers. It's not Shaq, right? Shaq, Shaq. Has, that was his career high. Alex English was a good Nuggets for Nuggets in the seventies. Who was in the Nuggets? I didn't even know the Nuggets were a team in the seventies. Oh. I, I did not know who this player was. So this one, the Nuggets one, might be very difficult. Well, what's what's his initials? DT. And the hint for the Lakers was this was the first ever seventy point game. Not George Mikan? Nope. First was one of them Pistol Pete? No. Never played for the Nuggets. Uh, he never played for the Nuggets. Elgin Baylor? The Jets. Huh? Elgin Baylor? Elgin Baylor, first ever 70-point game. Let's go. We just need one more. <laughs> Did it before? Who the hell is E.T.? <laughs> you said D or E.T.? D.T. Oh, you said D.T.? Yes. What did, did he get drafted out of college? I have no idea. And then, okay. I'm going to give it to you guys because I don't think you're going to get it. It's David Thompson. Had David no idea. Thompson? In that terms clip. of this list of like one of these things is not like the other, and it's David Thompson. That's, is that what you guys Or not Mike. Are what? either Hall of Famers or well on their way. Devin Booker is kind of the most borderline Hall of Famer, but like he, he could definitely make it. All of these other guys, Wilt, Kobe, um, Dame and Embiid and Luca are well on their way. Um, all surefire Hall of Famers. Obviously is a Hall of Famer. David Thompson, I had no idea who that was. Never so, heard of him. <laughs> that's like that's crazy. That's on the level of Andre Miller dropping fifty. I don't even know who the fuck David Thompson is. <laughs> I, I had no idea who that was. No that's idea. 73 points, too. That's crazy. That's like the fourth most. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Now tied with Luca for fourth most. Bonus, bonus question, because now we're talking about score. Does Where is the footage of the 100-point game? Doesn't right. Exist. We had footage of everything else, but we don't have footage, not a singular thing, about this 100-point game. So, don't hey, worry. we just got a picture of him holding up a sign. I'm like, hmm. That's very suspicious to me. There's, like, no call of the game or anything either. Like, it's just, did he really do it? But even also, if there's, like, is it 100 happen, or is it 101? Even if that didn't happen... Wilt still has five other 70 point games. That's fair. Kobe Kobe has the highest until we can find evidence. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kobe the conspiracy theories episode of if Wilt's hundred point game yeah. actually happened. Yeah. 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 Um so there's Did no footage, happen? but there were eyewitnesses in the arena who said that it happened. So, yeah, okay. They counted every single point. My ass. I, yeah, I mean, okay. who in the arena could possibly like count every single? Point? There's nobody in the arena that's actually going to count the points when you go and watch the game. Anywho, um, and so. since I it's since I asked the question last week, the last center to score seventy three or to score seventy plus points yeah. was David Robinson. 
back in the nineties. I closed the tab. I I would have never guessed they were like. I just yeah. Yeah, I see that never. Embiid most points by a center in thirty years. Kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys are listening to this. Just know we appreciate you. We do. That's facts. We do. Now more than ever. We appreciate the love through the reboot. It's good to be back. The reboot. Next week, we are going to be reacting to the All-Star Game uh, teams. Uh, Full list should be released by next week. Trade deadline. Thursday, we get the reserves. Mm -hmm. Trade deadline creeping up on us. Next week, All-Star. The 8th. The 8th. Yep. Yep. The deadline is next Thursday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, is we game some more moves to react to. So we'll all have all that for you guys next week. Episode. Yep. Stay less. Say less. We will catch you guys next time. Peace.